Not sure what Luigi is doing here. Mentor somebody. Lean in. I'm going to go do heroin. Welcome to Up Yours Downstairs, the podcast that's ruthless but constant. I'm Kelly Annick. And I'm Tom Schneider. We are properly married. Did you both know about this? How many people you think I got in here, dude? <laughs> I don't know. It's Well, it's a podcast. Nobody can tell. That's true. We could have a crowd. I'm actually two small children wearing a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, cousins. Uh, this is our recap of all of the scenes that were added to the U.S. broadcast mm-hmm. of Downton Abbey, which we will get to momentarily. Right. Uh, first, some light housekeeping. For everybody. Uh, so number one, we are going to be taking a break for a couple of weeks after this episode goes live. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause we're tired. We are. <laughs> we like suddenly in the last week, we're suddenly like burned out. We're like, whoa. So we're going to recharge. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we would definitely recommend that you check out our Mr. Selfridge coverage. We have not gotten the feed for the Palm Court set up yet. As soon as that happens, we will tweet about it. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, all of our pre-existing Mr. Selfridge coverage is under the up yours downstairs feed uh, right. if you go to up downstairs.tumblr.com there is blankensop's handy guide to those episodes uh in itunes right so you can at least find out what the titles and the release dates on those are and go back and check those out uh they're all pretty much from march and april of yeah, the last yeah. two years um so that's all available it's there it's just buried in between everything else sure um and secondly, we've got a lot of emails from people that are having trouble, uh, specifically with Pocket Cast, the app. Yeah. So here's the deal. If you are hearing this, uh, that's the other problem. A lot of people who need to hear this can't, for some reason, use a different app. Right. Um, um, but so it, we never set that up. Yeah. We don't know how it got there. We have nothing to do with that. And the problems are stemming from issues with the security certificate on baldmove.com. So if you have a problem finding the podcast on your regular app, please just email hosts at baldmove.com. Uh, Aaron and Gino do this full time. We have jobs. They will figure this out. Right. So in the meantime, you can get it at baldmove.com. You can get it on iTunes. There are many, many places that you can get it. So, yeah. uh, so good luck. <laughs> we hope you are able to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> this handy announcement. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I think, is that everything? Uh, yeah, I think that was our, our announcements. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, March 29th is when Mr. Selfridge premieres in the U.S. Yes. So we'll be doing that then. So get, get pumped. Yeah. Everybody. Get pumped, rewatch, re-listen. We need to re-listen. We need to, we do. Actually, cause we forget what happened. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, just, just start nailing things. Yeah. Start just nailing everything. Right. Uh, you know, put on your finest weird silk pajamas. <laughs> get out your teddy bear. Drop a haunted car. Like, <laughs> and never stop poking. <laughs> Not all stick poking kids. <laughs> all right. So before we get into the recap, this is going to be the weirdest episode we've ever done. Yes. Um, before we get into the recap, we do want to name our cousin of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a bit unusual as this is actually someone with whom we primarily communicate with on Twitter. Or a carrier pigeon. Or a carrier pigeon. <laughs> uh, 
this is cousin Omar J. His Twitter handle is at one West Indian. If you want to follow him and check him out, he is hilarious. Yes. Uh, I've been meaning for a long time to mention how hilarious he is. We have a lot of great people on Twitter. Oh yeah. I really love our, our Twitter cousins. Like no offense to everybody on Facebook, but you know, right. it's a bit zinger, zingier. Yeah. I mean, it's just Twitter. a different vibe. Yeah. It's just a different vibe. Um, and Omar is consistently funnier than we are. Uh, just really having great trenchant insights about the show that are also hysterically funny. Yeah. Uh, the one that really put it over the edge and that reminded me that this needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple days ago, he tweeted and said, Hey, has Mrs. Hughes ever said her first name? Nothing on IMDb. In my DA fanfic, it's Khadija. Do I know this show or what? <laughs> And I love that. I know that that is not Mrs. Hughes's name. Are you sure? Uh, we're pretty sure it's Elsie. I forget <laughs> yeah. why. But uh, no, if her name was Khadija, the show would be so much better. It would be. Like everything would be better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at any rate, thank you so much for always having such great commentary, Omar. Congratulations on Cousin of the Week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, add that to your resume. Or what have you. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and uh, and keep it coming. And, of course, as always, if you would like to throw your hat in the ring for Cousin of the Week, you can send us a carrier pigeon. We're at 5 Maggie Smith. That's at 5, the number 5, Maggie Smith on Twitter. Uh, we are up yours downstairs at gmail.com for telegrams slash emails. And then if you'd like to find us on Facebook, just search up yours downstairs exclamation point. That is all correct. That is correct. We have done now the housekeeping <laughs> announcements. Yes. And so... We will uh, now get back into the, well, not deleted scenes, sort of deleted scenes. So here's what I think is so weird. This seems like a very PBS solution <laughs> to piracy yeah, uh, and potentially losing uh, viewers. I guess so. It's so weird to me. It just yeah. doesn't make any sense because so, I mean, just the logic here is, okay, it airs one way in the UK mm-hmm. and then in the States they add in these extra scenes, which spoiler alert, most of which should not have ever even been filmed. Right. Well, like it's they, about 50, 50. They as don't as we'll add get much. Into, yeah. And a lot of them are these like extreme, like forced perspective yeah, shots. There's some which weird is like, did you stuff. let like, and did, I mean, did you let the Oracle direct these? Like, why do they right. look so bad? Well, and it's partly, I mean, it's a partly a time thing that they have a different time slot to fill. Except yes, just put you know greatest right. hits from the pledge drive in there. Well, and they're already of the of the nine episodes, three of them the the premiere, the sort of official finale, and then the Christmas special. All of them were unedited and the same length. So mm-hmm. uh, you know that's all. If you're doing it for three, why not just yeah, yeah. But they did, and it gives us something to talk about now. It does. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah. So we got all this. There is a Tumblr, y'all. Yeah. It is called Angel Princess Anna, mm-hmm. which is a name that makes me laugh every time I think about it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it's Tumblr user Mirai Desu. I'm not sure totally how to pronounce that. It's Tumblr, so I assume nothing is meant to be said aloud. <laughs> right. But uh, she posted a really great post that is a list of all additional scenes and then posted a link from user... Rempet, I believe. Rempet. With all of the video. Yeah. Which is great because we thought we were somehow going to have to like figure that out. Right. And then we didn't. Yeah. And that was awesome. So we would like to thank the internet. 
Thanks, Internet. <laughs> oh, and actually, I just want to mention, since we're talking about the Internet, uh, those of you who did respond in any way, shape, or form to the question of whether we'd rather have full gender equality or the Internet, <laughs> responded unabashedly the Internet. Yeah, that was uh, No, and so the Internet wins. Yeah. So, sorry. Uh, we're actually we're recording this on International Women's Day. So, uh, <laughs> you know, suck it, International Women. We take the Internet. Maybe you should have been the Internet. Honestly, I wouldn't have ever known that International Women's Day was a thing if it wasn't for the Internet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, can you have feminism without the internet? <laughs> An you know, interesting question. There's there's a dearth of Pankhursts, you know? That's yeah. all I'm saying. Anyway, okay. So, we're starting... So, we're starting with uh, episode two. Episode one, as we said, was aired the same version in uh, Britain and America. Uh, so, number two, it had a, a few added scenes. The first one was an extra scene with Jimmy Kent. He was saying goodbye. And this was the first one. It was on the stairs, like the servant stairs. And well, because the first shot, you don't even see that Anna's there. Right. And then it cuts to this shot that's like from the back over her shoulder. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, has Anna been there the whole time? This is very weird. Yeah. And it has Thomas brooding in the foreground the whole shot. But it's basically just Jimmy Kent saying, Mrs. Hughes saying, well, I'm not sure why you have to leave, Jimmy Kent. And Jimmy Kent being like, uh, there's a reason. I got a good reference. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, but they were definitely right to fire me. You know, Jimmy Kent always lands on his feet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was next, there was some extra talk about the memorial. And this was a really weird, oddly belligerent scene. Yes. And granted, okay, we're looking at these completely devoid of context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Within the episode. So they are going to seem kind of jarring, but just everybody was extra bitchy in this scene. Yeah. Well, and like, Lord Grantham was being like, oh, you know, why would we have a memorial garden when people have their own gardens? And who's going to take care of it? You? Like, to eat it. To eat it, yeah. And she might, well, I own a newspaper now, so. Uh, I assumed there would be some sort of servants. Yeah. That's how we do things. (laughs) Yeah, so that was very hostile. There was extra lines with uh, the homely liberal. Yeah. Who was uh, making arrangements to tutor Daisy, and so we got more of the details. Well, in this one, because what we did see her say what her rate would be, but in this mm-hmm. one there was more dithering where she said that she would do it gratis. Right. But Mrs. Patmore is like, we don't need charity. Right. And she's like, okay, fine, give me half a crown. I don't care. Yeah. Look at my face. <laughs> Money can't solve this problem. <laughs> uh, extra dialogue with Mosley and Baxter in the boot room, which we just watched 15 minutes ago and I've forgotten. And you know what? actually really liked this i do remember this okay. because this is one that i really enjoyed okay because it's him being a bit more direct about what thomas said to him and the fact that he is very upset uh to have learned this about her okay yeah. and you know yeah. he's basically begging her please tell me something that will restore my faith in your good character right okay yeah and it's a very fine piece of acting yeah from mosley whose real name is kevin something i can't remember anyway yeah Again, that poor man, totally underserved <laughs> as Molesley. Yeah. But uh, a really fine piece of acting mm-hmm. in the boot room. Yeah. In the boot room. <laughs> yeah. Pretty heavily represented in uh, these additional scenes mm-hmm. as well. Uh, then we actually, this is really nice. We got a scene of the actual tutoring going on. You know, somebody had written in that they have a hard time uh, recognizing that her name is Sarah Bunting. <laughs> And like in conversation would say homely liberal. And I am finding the same thing. Right. Because we're, you know, we're looking at this listing and I'm like, who the fuck is Sarah Bunting? <laughs> <laughs> homely liberal for life. 
Right. But uh, she was teaching, she was telling Daisy that like numbers are her friends, not her enemies. Mm-hmm. And it was a, uh, it was a nice little. No, honestly, if anybody had ever characterized math to me, the way that she was characterizing math to Daisy, I might not be so terrible at math. Yeah. Well, because she gave it a narrative, and right. for me, I was never able to hook into math. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but this was a great scene. And it I was, was like, why is this not the context that we saw her in ever? Yeah. Because it cha- it doesn't change how I feel about the character in total, mm-hmm. but it's like, holy shit, you're actually a really effective educator, and like that is your job, mm-hmm. versus just being around and annoying right and no i mean that is she's a teacher and this is the only time well, even the times we that we ever, were that we were at the school and we were at I, the school several times right like we never got to see her doing this yeah yeah and it would have been great to see that yeah yeah this is one of there's probably about five of these that really should have actually been in the bbc version that's yeah. one of them there are a few extra lines in that scene where Tom is seeing the homely liberal it's off. It's basically just her saying, you'll miss your dinner. Like, it's not... Yeah, it was... There was yeah, nothing that was, substantive. Yeah. Uh, and then in the last scene of the episode, I think it was the last scene, with Tony and Mary in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And that was just basically him being a little more elaborate in his explanation of why they're using their real names was a good idea and all that sort I of thing. I actually liked this. And oh, because yeah. he seemed really charming. Yeah. And yeah. without this, he just seemed really dumb. No, you're right. And I mean, he's not the brightest, you know. Gilly in the Gilly pack. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is a way of looking at it. Um, no, but I mean, you know, and I just always, I had forgotten actually what his family name was. Uh, she uh-huh. was like, are you Foil or Gillingham? Right. And he was like, Foil. And, you know, they didn't use their titles because, oh, we didn't want to make a fuss. And just basically like reassuring Mary that this is fine. People totally have affairs all the time. Yeah. Please calm down. Yeah. <laughs> so that brings us to season five, episode, season five. Of course, it's season five. We're right. in season five. Yeah, it's all going to be season five, people. Uh, episode three. We have additional lines in the opening scene with uh, Mary and Gilly. Right. And she basically just like wakes up and is like, what time is it, Brony? Yeah. And they talk about what time it is. Yeah. And then they go into the same lines about breakfast being there soon and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, get out of my room. But we definitely establish that he is staring at her as she sleeps. Uh, so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, basically every scene after this, uh, I was like, anytime it was like somebody waiting for somebody else, I was like, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and that is exactly what he looked like. Yeah. Uh, with his bare chest. <laughs> Gilly is very pretty. Oh, yeah, sure. He's a pretty looking dude. Can't argue with that. I'm just saying, you know, my, my hatred of Gilly is well known <laughs> uh, here and abroad. Right. But he's a very attractive man. Mm-hmm. Then there are additional lines uh, as uh, Mary and Gilly leave the hotel. I like this one also. Yeah, you're right. The first one, eh, whatever. I don't care what time it is. Yeah. Uh, it's Gilly time. That's what time <laughs> it is. But so they're leaving and Tony's like, oh... Uh, I came down with you. Should I go back up so we're seen leaving separately? And Mary's like, oh, no big. Not a big deal. Uh, but of course, as we all know, Sprat, Sprat yeah. attack. <laughs> uh, that happened. Uh, but I also liked, I liked seeing them negotiate the propriety of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. that was fun and interesting. Yeah, I agree. We have another scene uh, with the homely liberal meeting Tom in his office and talking about Daisy. Right. And I mean, that does not, you know, the context of the meeting does not seem to be that she was there to talk about Daisy, just that they were having tea together. Yeah. Which adds a little bit more color to the narrative of them being friends. Right. Because that right. was constantly the refrain 
of Rose and McGee and everybody who kept trying to sort of push them together, it seems like, you know, it was less that they were trying to push them together and just more trying to legitimize that friendship relationship thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it was fine. But it was also weird because Tom was being, Branson was being very like, like, but heard about Daisy. Yeah. In a way like, that was really odd. He was very like, oh, well, she might get distracted from her work or whatever, you know, things like yeah. that. It was like, what do you care? Remember how you kept going to like rallies and stuff when you were supposed to be driving Sybil to the dressmaker? Yeah. Like, I'm sure you're still going to have food to eat. So <laughs> there's an additional scene, uh, with Rose talking to Karagin and Spectacolinoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and also actually in that first, uh, episode or I guess, Episode two. Right. In the scene where they're all talking about the memorial, Rose is like, P.S., I'm going to go help out with those Russians. Yeah. So that was set up more clearly than her just being like, hey, guys, I'm helping these Russians. Bye. <laughs> right. Uh, but she's talking to those guys and uh, all basically every Karagin scene that was added, I wish they had left in. Yeah. Because yeah. I would watch an entire show about him. Yeah. Because well, she was trying to get Karagin to like join in yeah. the like, you know. Nostalgia fest that right. some of the other refugees were having. The cry along. They were all gathered around, but <laughs> he was not into it. But they, they had a nice little conversation. Uh, then there's just some additional lines between Mrs. Hughes and Carson during the servants dinner where she's like, can I talk to you for a moment? And it's about Mrs. Patmore. Uh, Mrs. Patmore's memorial issues. Because basically, Mrs. Hughes looked like she was not going to say anything to Carson until Mrs. Uh, Patmore came in and just, like, stared her down. Yeah. And then she was like, can I talk to you later, Mr. Carson? And then Mrs. Patmore, like, nodded emphatically and, like, left. I was like, that was weird, Mrs. Patmore. It was. Um, then there's an additional line between Baxter and McGee when Baxter's like, um, hey, remember how I'm a jewel thief? And McGee's like, oh, can we just not talk about this anymore? Right. Additional lines of Carson greeting, uh, Lord Grantham when he and McGee come back to the Abbey after London. Right. Uh, there's another scene with Baxter and Carson about Thomas and his father. So Baxter's like, helping set out the tea things for the refugees at Downton. Yeah. And then basically asking about Mr. Barrow and like what's going on. And so Carson says his father's fine, but now he's rallied, rallied, but he's taking, you know, the holiday week or using his holiday week. Right. To stay with him. Yeah. And which, which is fair enough. Yeah. And I was like, okay, dude, like nobody ever has to work. It's clear. I mean, it was not made clear in the cut. We saw how long Thomas was, you know, quote yeah, unquote with his father. So that added a little detail there. Then there's additional lines with Anna and Mrs. Hughes after Edith runs past them. This is after Mr. Drew's been like, um, hey, yeah. Margie hates you. <laughs> um, and then they talk about how Edith is sad. Right. And, and then the, 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 it's about, uh, cause Mrs. Hughes knows it's about that girl. Yeah. And then there's more lines between Anna and Mrs. Hughes after the tea. Yeah. So whoop de doo. Brings us to episode four, which we there was an extra scene with uh, Thomas Molesley and Baxter, um, and it was like I'm trying to remember what it exactly was went down in there because it was it was you know part of the whole sniping at each other thing with Thomas being like almost trying to drive them apart, but also being like, but I don't really care. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. Yeah, it was an uncomfortable scene. Uh, there was another scene, and believe me, there were plenty in the cut mm-hmm. we saw, but there was yet another one in the PPS version of somebody being like, oh, 
first footman Mosley, here's another crazy task for you to do. <sighs> Mosley's like the downstairs Edith at this <laughs> yes. point. This was particularly ridiculous. Mrs. Hughes was like, well, I asked the maid to put the dinner things away, and she didn't. No, she was like, she didn't get it right, and then he goes into the room, and it looks like just nothing happened. Right. Like, that maid was just like, well, I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to go do heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Barrow, can I borrow your syringe? <laughs> no. Also, how'd they get a new maid? Where's Madge? I look. I mean, this is it's from this point forward that they're like, listen, Madge, you have to do everything from now on. <laughs> She's first footman and head housemaid. <laughs> there was a scene in the kitchen with Daisy Patmore and Hughes about uh, voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, asking Daisy's asking Patmore if she was going to vote, and Patmore was saying that she wasn't going to be able to because mm-hmm. uh, she didn't have property. But uh, that if she eventually was going to, she didn't think she would bother. But Daisy was very excited about it. Mm-hmm. She says she never understood what all those women had suffered for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hugh, Patmore and Hughes also have a bit of a discussion about Daisy's doing her lessons because Hughes is like, "Oh, she's very excited," and Patmore's like, "Yeah, well, but now I have to do twice as much work." You don't have to have a math tutor to do the math <laughs> on that, right? Also, don't you have a bunch of people that work in that kitchen? Like, come on. I know. Mentor somebody. Lean in. Yeah. <laughs> Lean in, Patmore. Lean in together. There's, Hashtag. There's always like six maids in every shot with you. You know, Yeah, what train are they up. doing? Yeah. Do you even speak to them? Are they working in a completely divorce? Like, uh, ridiculous. Yeah. There's also a scene of Thomas uh, working on a clock. Which, which we've not seen in a long time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Baxter comments on the fact that he is back to winding the old clocks, uh, as it were. And he's like, no, I got treatment for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish they had done something more interesting with the Baxter and Thomas storyline. Yeah. Because there is this shared history with them. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, what was he? Was he always like this? It seems like he was a different sort of person for a while. Yeah. And they just never really explored it. I mean, he could still be mean to her mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing, but it's just like there's there's more to it, and they don't ever really go there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's another an extra scene with Anna and Mary. Mary asked her if she had posted the letter that she sent to Gilly, right, to say where to meet. Um, and, and Anna said she didn't post it. She hand delivered it and then walked through Piccadilly. Yeah, and uh, you know it's fine. And Mary's like. And then walks out, and then there's like Anna looking at herself in the mirror. Yeah, well, we're all like, oh, Mary I guess this also, is honest. Like she, Anna had asked her if she, if Mr. Blake had helped her figure out what to say to Lord Gillingham, right? And Mary's like, I didn't think I understood. Yeah, and I'm and like, it was super obvious. Yeah, he was not really trying to fool you on that, no. one, Mary. <laughs> And then in episode five, there is an additional scene uh, between Thomas and Baxter about his treatment and whether or not his feelings have changed. Yeah. Which was interesting, but I think they could have dug deeper. They could have. It was very much like throwaway. And also, again, this it was one of these staircase scenes. Where he that was, was just, basically standing with his feet at her eye level. It was so weird. Yeah. And I really, it was not fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, then there's another scene with Baxter, Molesley, and Thomas. I don't remember what that was. Well, that was because uh, Baxter Mosley, like, she was helping him, like, polish some silver. Right, And then okay. Thomas sort of, like, looms up and is like, oh, you two are friends now. Yeah. And they're like, what do you care? And he's like, I don't care. He also told Baxter that his feelings towards her had not changed yeah, which sexually. was a sweet bird. It was. Uh, then there's a scene between Bates and Mary about the police, which didn't make any sense. Yeah. 
again, this is a scene where having it in there makes Bates even less sympathetic yeah, than we which, were inclined to feel in the first place. Yeah, which will be true again. Uh, but yeah, because he just like accosts Mary in a hall. Yeah. And Mary's like, step off, bro. Yeah. And he's like, I'd be more comfortable if she had an alibi. And I'm like, well, what is her alibi? Right. And Mary's like, why don't you ask her? Yeah. You little peasant. I'm Lady Mary Crawley. <laughs> uh, there's another scene with Atticus, Rose, and Kuragan about Atticus's family, which proves Atticus to be more of a dum-dum than <laughs> we previously thought. So Rose straight up asks him why his family all left Odessa at once. And he mm-hmm. says, oh, we just thought there'd be better opportunity here in England. And then Rose, like, you know, optimism's off to go do something. <laughs> right. Well, she's like, oh, there's some people leaving or something. Yeah, and then Karagan had just been sitting there listening because when Atticus says Odessa, Karagan's like, mm-hmm. you, And we <laughs> see him visibly react. Yeah. And he is like, you should not lie. About why you left Odessa. Yeah. And he's like, also, don't tell anybody here. Because <laughs> right. they hate you. Right. Well, and Atticus, Atticus... And his face acts like he doesn't know, so maybe they never told him. Maybe, but I don't think so. Because a, a different line reading in that scene... Because Karagan says, oh, you're not really telling the truth about why you left. And Atticus says, well, we did think we'd have better opportunities yeah, here. that's true. So that, that made it seem like more like he, he does understand. I don't know. I mean, Rose is literally there helping Russian refugees. I don't know. Maybe he thinks she's more sympathetic to, like, Russia than she actually is. Yeah. Or he just... I don't know, man. You don't want to talk about genocide to your girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know... Yeah, it is kind of a buzzkill. Yeah. Uh... Then there's uh, additional lines at the upstairs dinner when they're talking about why all the pomp and ritual, because Violet is angry with Robert for wearing black tie mm-hmm. and again, accusing him of being in his rompers. Yeah. Uh, and he's just like, oh my God, we only, you know, we still get dressed up for guests. And she's like, am I not a guest? And then Branson bumbles his way through <laughs> something. Yeah. Right. So then in episode six, there are some additional lines with Mrs. Hughes and Daisy Uh, In the servants' hall at lunch. Mrs. Hughes is just like, oh, do you like studying? And Daisy's like, yes, I like studying. Right. And like, why? There were so many scenes like that already. Yeah. Yeah. She likes studying, everybody. Let's move on. And there's another scene uh, in the servants' hall that had some added lines about the picnic lunch and the point-to-point coming up. And Mm -hmm. Anna said she was jealous of the servants that would get to go. Yeah. So, fine. Yeah. And also the servants that have good plot lines. Yeah. Uh, there were some extra lines between Isabel and Violet before Spratt coming in. She was talking about how she's going to go change. She d- wouldn't do it herself, but she knows that the Dowager likes people to change, mm-hmm. basically. And the Dowager says, oh, well, you'll be changing when you're Lady Merton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was an added scene between Edith and McGee uh, in the upstairs hall. Uh, talking about Gregson, basically. Well, and McGee is like, you did well tonight because mm-hmm. it's the night that everybody found out that he was dead right. and only Edith cared. Yeah. <laughs> Edith and McGee. Um, but basically, Edith is like, uh, yeah, I'm going to be alone all the time forever. Baron Fell has told me. And so I'm just sad. And McGee's like, what? Yeah. And Edith's like, uh, pay attention, Mama. Like, what <laughs> has happened to me that is good? Yeah. Like, you used to, well, you used to be well aware that I would never be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Then, there's another scene between Anna and Bates. Okay. Yeah. This is awful. Yeah. Because it's basically just Bates 
explaining why he doesn't think that diaphragm could have been for Mary. And he's, you know, just saying, well, they got married and they wanted a son right away. And then they got pregnant and then she had the son. And that same day, uh, you know, he died. He died. So why would she need a contraception? When would she have needed that? Right. And then what did he say? He said, thank you for not lying. And then walks off without much of a limp. (laughs) What what does that even mean? I don't know what that means. That sounded like he was saying she was lying. Right. Well, you know, yeah, it was, it was unpleasant. It Unless was just, he means thank you for not lying in terms of like not being willing to tell him Lady Mary's secret, but like he was so mean. He was so mean. He in was that scene. so mean. Yeah. It was like abusive relationship mean. Yeah, it was like, real bad. And she looked miserable. Yeah. Like really terrible. Yeah. This, uh, I'm glad this was not in the version that we watched and will have on DVD uh, forever. Right. Like, yeah. it was, it was upsetting. It was really bad. And yeah. like seriously, honestly, if Anybody who works on this show listens to this fucking podcast. <laughs> fucking fix this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the evidence is everywhere. I don't understand why Baron Fellows and Neem are so dead set against taking any kind of constructive criticism here. Yeah. Because well, people want to like them again. Yeah. I mean, you look at, for example, Angel Princess Anna's Tumblr, mm-hmm. which is a super Anna Bates shipping Tumblr. Yeah. That's it's, it's reason for existence. And, you know, she still loves the characters. She still loves both of them, but even she but is she well aware. But she acknowledges that they have torpedoed the storylines and the relationship. Yeah. And just, I mean, and just the way I was reading um, some article this week about you know, Neem's comments about Mr. Green. He's like, oh, he was a dark, twisted individual. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but he was not. Right. Like, he was a dick. Yeah. Who raped Anna. Yes. But it's like, you're giving it all this weight. <sighs> I'm trying to figure out how to explain what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. he's somebody that nobody liked. But it's not like, you know, guess guess what, Neem? Women get raped every day. Yeah. And it does affect them. And it is terrible. Yeah. But eventually, life goes on. So take a fucking clue from actual rape victims right. and let this go. Yeah. And let it go. Stop blaming this fictional character for your inability to craft a storyline. No. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, like, rehabilitate Bates. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Like, it's been fun hating him. Right. But, but it's not wearing, not as not fun enough to offset watching look, him. when he was just crabby yeah that was one thing but for him to be this mean yeah and straight up scary yeah for no reason and to the no and again the kind of things that he's doing like going to marry and asking yeah Mary questions about Anna instead of asking her directly is so upsetting and insulting to me yeah well and because I, that is not the way that their relationship started that is not the way that they were characterized up until this green incident happened. Yeah. And they're not even connecting the dots there. Right. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. You know, so we'll see. And and there's been, I think the comments they've made about how wrapped up, that is not completely wrapped up. I think there's, there, those are more ambiguous comments than maybe people are taking it. Like people are taking like, oh my God, there's, you know, Murder Prison 3 is happening. Why should which, we not take no, no, it no. that way? I mean, what that, has ever happened in the history of this show where they have not beat a dead horse? I mean, and it may well be true. Mr. Gregson still didn't die until this year. <laughs> right. But all I'm saying is... Is Sir Richard Carlyle going to just pop out of the war memorial? <laughs> that would be great, that actually. Would be. He's like the Joker. 
<laughs> He's like, some men just want to watch the newspaper burn. <laughs> Come on, and I, like, I think again. Like one of the opening shots is you know somebody walking up to the abbey, and then the camera keeps panning, and it goes up to the very top tower, <laughs> and there's Carlisle just crouching over and watching everything. <laughs> <laughs> somebody said, and I think in in like a fan fiction esque thing that you know it would be really interesting now that Edith's in publishing if her path were to cross his again. Right. Well, and we know he was looking for an estate to buy. Yeah. With his, you know newish title and money and stuff so yeah. no i think there's definitely room for him to pop back up and i think pro- i don't think he will because, because of the actor's situation yeah yeah that's Being the only reason game of fart noise <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know i don't know i can't i can't get excited about game of thrones anymore dude right it's well it's a conversation for another time i guess yeah or another podcast or whatever i don't know but, this is gonna be short anyway yeah that's true no i i you know i'll watch it i look Look, I'll watch I'm it. I'm not excited for it. No. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. But, well, look, I know that Yara Greyjoy, me, Asha Greyjoy, mm-hmm. is not really going to be in it anymore. Right. And they've But on they've the other cut... hand, neither is Bran. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually true. No, I know. But, I mean, look, if I want that, I'll just read Feast for Crows. I'm not going to do that. No. Um... <laughs> No, you know, whatever. Yeah. No, I think there's still some interesting things that I want to see. There's also a whole lot of, like, pointless... I'm curious about Dorne, although I'm annoyed, again, that they have been so whitewashy about it. Yeah. It's... Uh, come on, dudes. Yeah. Like, come on. But we'll see. No, I'm I'm not excited about it. I know I'll watch this season. I don't know that I'll watch the season after. Exactly. Well, while we're on the subject of things we're watching... Yeah. I mean, if people need something to do... Right. ...between now... And uh, when we come back with Mr. Selfridge. Okay, mm-hmm. the Americans. Yes. If you love us, <laughs> you should be watching this show. It is it's, so good. It keeps getting better. It's, it's in so its incredible. Season, and it keeps getting better. I think it's better than Breaking Bad. I mean, we'll have to see yeah. how it all plays out. Yeah. Because it has... Here's the thing. So when we were watching Breaking Bad, so we've been watching the Americans like live, mm-hmm. you know, quote, you know. Right. We've been DVR, watching it week to week. Yeah, yeah. In the same way that we did uh, Breaking Bad. And right. I think those are two of the only shows that we have no, like, podcast or anything like that where that's been true. Right, right. Um, without, you know, without having to catch up at some point. Yeah, yeah. But, so every week on Breaking Bad for the first couple of years, we would just be like, they can't keep this going. Right. This is all going to fall apart and become no, ridiculous. and it's got that same level of tension on the Americans, but the mm-hmm. feeling is completely different. Yeah. Because the feeling is that this has been really uh, cleverly put together. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the scaffolding of the show is so sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of great wigs. There are. Felicity's in it. Yeah. And fantastic. Uh, no, a, yeah. Just a ton of great performances. Noah Emmerich is so good. Yeah. Like, it's been completely shut out of award seasons. And it's a And shame. that's gotta be down just to FX being a bunch of dum-dums. Apparently, Who don't know yeah. how to be a prestige network yet. Yeah, yeah. But, um... So good. Yeah. So incredibly good. We're watching Vikings. Mm-hmm. You can talk more about Vikings because yeah. it was your thing. Uh, no, I got I because I just read how it was. Uh, I mean, it was on the History Channel. Mm-hmm. It was their first original series. And I had read good things about it. And in particular, that it really tried to have this kind of alien, like, you know, their society was nothing like ours. And they would have different values than ours and really trying to honor that and have them, you know, not be, um, you know, our contemporary point of view imposed on it. Mm-hmm. And it, it does do a good job of that, but what surprised me is just how good it looks and how quality it feels. Because I just assumed it would be kind of shoddy. No, because oftentimes when 
networks that don't do scripted programming do start producing scripted programming, it looks really bad. Yeah. But it looks good enough. It's not quite like HBO Showtime. Right. But it looks like AMC for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I mean, and just... I love it because I think it's one of the most feminist shows on TV, mm-hmm. which isn't to say that the characters are feminist, but the women are given equal time. Like, right. Women's stories are given equal time and consideration. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Viking culture, at least the way it's presented on this show, seemed to be a lot more favorable toward women yeah. in a lot of ways than the Anglo-Saxon contemporaries that you see them like contrasted with right 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 um anyway so we're only into what season two with that yeah, yeah. We're, we've just started season so two we're so season we're, two. we're well behind well, there and they, they also have a really interesting approach to like marriages and you know and religion and religion and child rearing yeah um just very very different perspectives and we talked about the fact that it's made you feel alien but also when christianity is presented in the show Christianity is presented as being totally weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, the Viking religion requires, like, blood sacrifice. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, you know, it, they do a nice job of, of inducting you into this culture that's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one's great. Yeah. Uh, then there's what's probably the actual most feminist show on right now, <laughs> as of the last 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, which is on Netflix. And... Look, we were supposed to record this podcast yesterday. But instead, we watched all of the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And honestly, when we get done recording this podcast, I'm not prepared to tell you that we're not <laughs> going to yeah. go and just watch the rest of that again. Again. Right. Like, yeah. Like, it's, the rest of that. All of that. All of again. it. All of it. All 13 so episodes. I, just so funny. So well, good. Well, it's Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, who are the people behind 30 Rock. Right. And you never hear, you did not ever hear about Robert Carlock. Until this show, which yeah. I think is really interesting. Yeah, so I'm not sure what um, that's about. But in any case... No, no it's really terrific, and Ellie yeah. Kemper is so good in it. I mean, really, all of the actors are so good. Yeah. I love the backstory that they have for um, Jane Krakowski's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been somewhat controversial. We won't get into that here. Sure. But it is so funny. Yeah. Um just it, it's so good guys yeah it's, it's just it's kind really of dark incredibly good if you can't handle uh the fact that these that the you know the main character was kept in a bunker by a doomsday cult leader yeah probably not for you yeah but i mean we loved the book room i read a stolen <laughs> life by jc dugard like these for some reason i'm very uh interested I, yeah because i'm not it's not obsessive like yeah. i don't i haven't read every memoir by somebody who this has happened to mm-hmm. but it's a really interesting take and it's the most diverse tv show potentially that i've ever seen yeah it's it's it is and it's just again just so funny the jokes so are funny. just oh god the jokes are great yeah so anyway if you liked 30 rock right if you're sad about parks and rec what i like about this like parks and rec was always a little bit too optimistic for me mm-hmm. and this feels like a good balance yeah uh, yeah because it seems like super like sort of the impression you get of it with just you know her huge smile mm-hmm. and it, you know makes it seem much brighter and optimistic but it's not it's not really no it's like, very uh it's it's good yeah but it's, it will it's good it will make you feel good about your life mm-hmm. and people yeah i think um that's going on uh fresh oh, off the boat fresh off the boat mm-hmm. oh my god you have to watch fresh off the boat yeah it's a totally different feel than unbreakable kimmy schmidt mm-hmm. uh, but again this is also a great show from a diversity perspective right 
Uh, well, also worth mentioning, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt has a character that is a male love interest who is Asian. Right. Which is very rare. Yeah. And so Fresh Off the Boat is about an entire Asian family. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's been for us one of the realist depictions of a family. Yeah. Like the type of family that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're, you know, hyper aware about money, constantly pushing you to succeed and right, exceed right. all the time. It's so good and it's funny. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. The characters are great. Yeah. And even though like the script is not awesome. Yeah. A lot of the time the script is not awesome, but the the actors are so talented. Like Randall Park and uh what is her name in real life? Constance Wu. Yeah. Um I always want to call her Jessica because that's her name on the show. Right, right, right. Um, But they're great. I mean, they are just taking everything and hitting it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. So that's really great. Uh, I think that's most yeah, things. Those are all our, those are all those our, are like, our like A plus recommendations yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So anyway, sorry for that digression. Oh uh, yeah, but hey, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's one more added scene. <laughs> I guess we could have done this after that. We but. could have in episode six, uh, which is between the Dowager and Denker. I also really liked this scene yes. because you learn more about Denker. Yeah. And I don't feel like even with her shenanigans in, the wedding episode, mm-hmm. uh, you don't really get a sense of her as a person. Yeah. And this one, she was, it was just started with a little conversation about clothes to pack yeah. for the point to point, but, um, it ends with the dowager saying, I hope the two of you, Denker and Spratt, can uh-huh. learn to work together amicably. And Denker says, the way I see it is better to be unemployed than unemployed. Yeah. So. Which is a very practical sentiment. Yeah. No, and actually, and I don't think we got into this because I think we forgot what that scene was, but one of the first um, Mosley and Baxter scenes mm-hmm. was him complaining about how he has to do everything. Right. And he's like, Mosley, do this. Mosley, he was very like, Cinderella, Cinderella. But it's like, <laughs> dude, remember when you were black topping? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be a jerk because sure. everything's relative and we all have and short memories. They are but... treating you badly. <laughs> yeah. But, but still, yeah. So then episode seven, this is the last one that had any additional right. scenes. Uh, so there's another line in the scene with the family and Rosamond in the library, I guess. It didn't feel that different. Yeah. But I guess Rosamond said something different. Yeah. No, I think that it was, it was a Rosamond because it was a one shot with her in another ridiculous hat. Yes. Delivering oh that God. one line. <laughs> <laughs> there are additional lines with, uh, Rosamond and the dowager in Cora's bedroom when they go in after Mrs. Drew has dropped the bomb. Yeah. Um, and they're like, yeah, we were totally going to send the baby away and they'll just take the baby. Yeah, they have great and schools. And McGee is pissed off. Yep. There was an additional line between Mary and the dowager at dinner when she says, oh, I was just worried about Edith and I didn't really, f- it didn't yeah, seem different Yeah, it wasn't to a me. significant line, it would seem. There were, however, additional lines between Mabel Lane Fox and Gilly in the drawing room when they were playing cards, mm-hmm. which were really good and yeah. I really wish yeah. had been left in. Yeah, this is another Because you almost really never key... see her talking to him about her feelings for him. It's always very acquisitive mm-hmm. because that's the sort of brittle mask that she wears. But sure. when they're alone together, she's just like – she says that she um, – he says, you usually love other people's secrets. And she says, you know, I don't want to know all these things anymore. I don't want to know what it is that you see in Lady Mary Crawley. I just want you to come back to me. Right. And it's great. Yeah. It's really, really great. Yeah. And then that goes into sort of an additional line that Mary and Blake have together when he's saying, oh, see how easy they are in each other's company. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we could have actually seen that better had 
that other scene. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like a little bit different of a take on the, <laughs> the kinema <laughs> conversation on <Rex>. the phone. <laughs> Charles Blake. <laughs> oh, and so we did find out yeah. that probably he's not coming back, but that Matthew Good probably is coming back. Yes. So that's great-ish news. Yeah. I mean, I really like the Blake character. Yeah, and I'll I be, do too. I'll be very disappointed that he's gone. Yeah. Um, but, but Matthew Good's an interesting foil. Yeah. I well, think he's, he's... I'm not sure that, you know, I'm not sure that this... Talbot guy is sort of the person who would make Mary the happiest, mm-hmm. but she would have a lot of dramatic fights with him, I feel like. Yeah, well, and she's not going to feel like she can push him around, which was the problem with Gilly, and I think even to an extent with Blake. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think she feels like Blake is quite on her level, mm-hmm. whereas I think she does and will feel that way about Talbot. Do, was he, he? Did he have a title, or was he a plebeian? I think, I don't even know, but they I just, think... They just called him Mr. Talbot. Yeah, that's so true. So I guess he's not anything much. Right. And yet Apart even from so, wealthy. Right. And, but just you know, his, a master of the vehicle that killed her husband. Well, right. But more just with his bearing and, you know, force of personality as well. Yeah. yeah. So we, well, we shall see. Yeah. Oh, God. This fucking show. <laughs> Every time I think I'm out, it keeps sucking me back in. <laughs> so then there's uh, some scenes in the tea shop with uh, Edith and Rosamond and McGee. And basically, it's just Rosamond coming back and being like, hey, y'all, uh, we can't get another cup of tea because we're about to close. Right. Which is why when, <laughs> when he comes over and is like, all right, ladies, we're closing. <laughs> right. It does make that seem a little bit less rude. Yeah. Uh, well, and also, it just... I guess this scene wasn't the line wasn't the episode, but asking where Marigold is. Yeah, she's like, oh, she's in the hotel safe <laughs> with all the copies of a birth certificate. <laughs> uh, and then there's additional lines, and they kind of changed around the way that the scene where Anna goes to tell Mrs. Hughes that she saw Mr. Drew right. with the baby, but it makes a lot more sense because she says that. She's just talking about Marigold. Right. And then she's like, uh, P.S. Yeah. This is what happened. And then Mrs. Hughes is like, ah, okay, let's just not even look. Right. Your plot line sucks enough as it is. <laughs> let's not cross the streams. Right. <laughs> and those are all the scenes yeah. that were added and changed. Again, don't really see a ton of point in not including those originally, but. Right. Or, you know. Well, I mean, it makes sense. I guess, you know, they have an ITV because they do have commercials. Like, right. They, they have, have yeah. a runtime issue, but yeah. whatever. That's right. I mean, We're it is what it is. Very, look, we don't need a lot of, of people being like, well, but like, it's fine. Like, this is the yeah. way that it is. Yeah. It just seems like a really archaic way of dealing with yes. this. It seems weird to us, but, uh, you know, a lot of things about Downton seem weird to us, and it's made all the money. It so, has made all the money. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, what do we know? Exactly. Very little. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's time to time to put it to bed for yep. a few months. Yep, which is nice. It is nice. Uh, but you know, uh, and as as we sort of said last time, an improvement of a season. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe they'll really. Uh, maybe they'll take our advice. <laughs> yeah. About certain things, and we'll see what happens. You yep. know. Uh, I think one thing they are going to do is have Thomas have a relationship that ends well, and mm. I think that's foolish. Yeah. Like. You can't do that, man. Like, yeah. it's just, I mean, ah, I mean, like, look, you could have the thing. 
yes if he wasn't a servant right that's exactly what i was gonna say i mean if he was a not even if he wasn't rich you mm-hmm. know you could have a morris situation yeah you know uh but in general i mean like none none of these servants should be having personal lives yeah and uh, here's here's the relationship i could see maybe maybe this could work out some turns out to be gay aristocrat comes by downton for a weekend or whatever doesn't have a valet thomas is valeting for him they end up striking up a relationship uh-huh. and thomas rather than blackmailing him like in the old days <laughs> uh ends up just going living with him and being his valet slash you know lover uh-huh. and that seems like something that could have been a thing that was yeah, going that on at the definitely time definitely been a situation i yeah. mean it is what they were trying to do in that first season right i mean it, obviously there was different yeah, circumstances yeah, yeah. but um yeah, I don't know. Or maybe Jimmy Kent comes back, like, on a boat or something, and he's like, guess what? <laughs> I'm coming out. I want Thomas to know I'm coming out. Listen, I watched the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I've really learned a few things. <laughs> I've done a lot. I wound a clock. <laughs> Let's see. What else would be nice to see? I'd like to see Edith get her shit together. Well, yeah. I mean, granted, she's been the recipient of some terrible advice and some very bad life events. Yeah. But, Edith, you own a publishing company. Yeah. Let's see move her. Move to London. Let's see her move to London. Fuck these people. Get involved in the, the, get involved in that. Yeah. Let's see some business happening well, on the show. And now, actually, what sake. would be, you know, we've had a lot of really great alternate Gregson timeline <laughs> suggestions, right. but, Knowing that the brown shirts were the ones responsible mm-hmm. uh, for his death, become you know an outlet that is unabashedly yeah anti-fascist. Mm-hmm. Like it's not hard. You could, we could you could bring in Winston Churchill as a character. Uh, you could borrow him from Peaky Blinders. That's right. <laughs> oh, speaking of fascism, so we finally finished the last episode of Upstairs Downstairs. Right. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? We were confused. No, really what? Like, that show never picked a tone. So weird. Yeah. And there are, like, there's, like, an eighth of a good show in there. Right. But, like, otherwise it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. We might, yeah, so we'll figure that out later. But anyway, what? Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. That's our capsule review. (laughs) What? Yeah. Really? (laughs) Um, yeah, you know, we want Mary to get her shit together. Although she seems like she's, you know, as a young widow, she's like whiz bang. Who cares? Yeah. So she's got things going on. Um, we'd like to see Robert not be a dick to Cora. Yeah. For the whole season. Right. That would be neat. Ideally. If he could handle that. Well, and I think, you know, I got to think that Murdy isn't giving up. And so I really hope of all the shipping, Mm -hmm. of all the ships. Yeah. I hope that one sails. Agreed. I hope his sons, you know, explode (laughs) in a pie accident or something. I don't know. But like, yeah. I mean, I got a text from my mom that was like, I am so sad. Yeah. That Isabel had to not get married to that guy. Yeah. Because of Dick One and Dick Two. Right. She, you know, did not know that that was their names. Um, right. No, but I mean, you know, and not just Isabel, but Penelope Wilton has had to pull way more than her fair share of the weight on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, in the lean times of plot. <laughs> right. Uh, and, you know, I just, I would like to see a really satisfying resolution for her. Mm-hmm. I think they gotta kill the Dowager. I think, uh, I think she's gotta die. I, you know. 
And I mean, and Maggie Smith obviously was very vocal. I love how her team was like, ha, 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 she didn't mean it. And she's like, yes, I did. <laughs> Definitely done with this. Right. It's like, say whatever you want on my behalf, but when I don't show up on the first day of shooting for <laughs> yeah. that season, don't come crying to me. No. No, and I mean... The show is at a natural stopping point. Well, yeah. it's been there for a while. Well, sure. But it's like, you know, there are more interesting stories to be told about these people potentially. But we all need a break. You know, we're going to need a break. Yeah. You know, yeah. whether whether it's that, you know, the prequel about McGee, whether it's some sequel set during World War Two. Well, and, I mean, and look, and here's the thing. The brand is great. Yeah. And, and honestly, as 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 much as we hate the storytelling choices Mm -hmm. that are made by the production team they execute well on every other front and it's britain you can do a random christmas special in two years you can do episode reunion sometime although it is itv which is run much more like an american uh studio well but um at any rate so yeah so we like to see the dowager die and you know sprat put out to pasture (laughs) (laughs) whatever happened to sprat oh he's going to live on a farm (laughs) Um, he was mistaken for a sheep. <laughs> he would be. All right. He looks like one of the sheep from Babe. He does. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> Balram, you, my lady. <laughs> uh, Branson, I would like to see not move to America. Right. Like Which, I don't know what's go- because we've not heard I mean, anything. Look, all we all see... evidence seems like he's staying with the show. Right. If we were going to see like interesting things going on in America with him, but there's no way. But that we're that's not. That, that's not how the show operates. Right. Uh, yeah, and it wouldn't even well, really and, like, be Attic- like that's, that's if Atticus and Rose are moving. Also, yeah, I don't know. But that's almost like t- like that would almost like that's a spinoff show. That's not even the same show. No. Like <laughs> you know. Oh my God! What is that show even called? Uh, monkey's uncle i don't know <laughs> no, no 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 i'm sorry atticus and rose's show. oh atticus and rose yeah right yeah it's like the muppets take manhattan <laughs> right but like I don't more know. so charmed i'm sure that's actually pretty good yeah that's not bad <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that's them and yeah then, well we've got the marriage happening downstairs yeah i'm really curious to know how much that's a business situation right you know, and not, uh, it's clearly not entirely. I mean, they, you know, have, oh, yeah, they like each they other. They like each other. Yeah. Um, but to see how that, we'll, we'll see how that goes. That's an interesting. Uh, I'd like for Daisy to move to her farm. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'd like to see, I'd like to see a new female downstairs character. Oh, yeah. A new either kitchen maid or housemaid. Yeah. Get some Madge. Play. I mean, I'd sure. like Madge to be a person. Yeah, absolutely. That would That'd be, be great. great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Any other people? I'd like to see Rosamond get some new hats. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'd like Mabel Lane Fox to pop up with more regularity. Oh, although yeah. Although I'm not sure now that this triangle's resolved what the point would be. But. Right. But, you know, it could come up. She could have some scandal to pass it on. It could to, happen. She could have some news to pass on to Edith. Ooh. Uh, okay. How are Mabel Lane Fox and Edith not best friends? I don't know. That makes much more sense than her with Mary. Well, because- it does. And it w- because, like... And it, that's odd. at first sounds odd because we see them together in Downton, but the two of them together in London, mm-hmm. they would be, they would, yeah. yeah. No, well, because look, Edith doesn't want to be the type that Mabel Lane Fox and Mary are. Right, right. But, and you know, and Mabel Lane Fox doesn't want to hang out with that type. Yeah. Edith needs a replacement sister, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I really like this also. 
Excellent. So let's make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, new dog. Oh yeah, that'd be nice. A puppy. Ooh. Like Downton puppy. Yeah. I like I like a puppy. Yeah. I like I like a the puppy. <laughs> Where is the puppy? Yeah. The puppy made the pee pee. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure what Luigi is doing here, but. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, so one-player games are very common. <laughs> it's true. That's true. He's got a lot of time on his hands. Well, and also, so, you know, Sippy and George uh, will be older right. enough now to maybe... I forgetting that they're people. Right. I don't know, though. This is not a show that handles children well. Well, it never has. That's I mean, they true. have never had that opportunity. Right. So, I mean, that's almost just my... Well, it's it just also depends, like, different... is there going to be some kind of time jump? But, well, like, the, I feel I like... There pretty much always has been. Yeah, but I'm like, again, like, Mary's ovaries are shriveling up here. <laughs> like, let's go. She's already got an heir. I know she's already... Not really. Like, it's not her... It's not her heir. <laughs> it's Matthew's heir, because she doesn't well, get anything. Right. But she's not going to get anything anyway. I know. I'm just so bummed that she'll never live in the dower house. Sorry, dude. Or will she? I don't know. We... Right. We've done this before. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll probably do it again. Very possibly. Ah. Uh, she's just perfect to be... A, like, as soon as Violet dies, they ought to be like, Mary, get in there. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. We need a dowager. <laughs> <laughs> the dowager is dead. Long live the dowager. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think that's. Mo- oh, Doctor Clarkson. Would be oh, nice- yeah. It would be nice for him to be relevant again. Yeah. Let's get him in the more Mister Mason. Yeah. Always a big fan mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Uh, does anyone else exist? Uh, Baxter I guess and mostly exists. Yeah, I'd like for them to be gone. Yeah. Uh, there's this new, you know, Andy or whatever his name oh, is. Oh, right. Andy. He's, he's kind of a blank slate at this point. Yeah. Anything could happen well, there. Well, look, but... I've not been pleased with the way that the show's handled the revolving door of footmen. Yeah. But. Yeah. But he seems like he's a love interest for Daisy. Yeah. So maybe they'll get together and move on in that farm. Yeah. No, that's, that's not bad. And then Danker and Spratt, I don't, they don't really have anywhere else to go. Yeah. So. They're only relevant insofar as they work for the Dowager. Right. So. Uh, maybe Brothgate too. The brothening. <laughs> That's right. Could be. <laughs> okay. Well, I think I think we've exhausted I things think, yeah. to talk about. I think we've wrung all the blood out of this stone. <laughs> uh, yeah. So everybody, uh, enjoy the break. We'll be mm-hmm. back refreshed for the Palm Court. If you haven't yet, follow it on Twitter at the Palm Court. We don't have a separate Facebook page for it. No, we Not don't. Not sure if I'm going to do that. Yeah. Hard to say. We're all already kind of concentrate. I don't know. Look, we're going to deal with that later. We are. Uh, but anyway, until next time, up, up yours, yours downstairs. downstairs. Luncheon out. Luncheon out.